Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, September 14th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Chinese police are monitoring citizens who read overseas financial news sites, and the CEO of the right-wing social media app Parler has plans to grow his user base. We'll also talk about the youthful politician in Brazil who's challenging the political giants in the race to be president. Plus, energy companies are gobbling up biofuels like soybean oil because they have to be greener. It's causing headaches for other industries, though. They've seen their input prices triple, and they have members like Krispy Kreme and smaller bakers who are worried they just might not be able to find oil when they go out into the market. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. China has an anti-fraud app that's been installed on more than 200 million phones. It's meant to block suspicious phone calls and to report malware. But the FT has found that Chinese police are using the app to monitor people who have been on international financial news websites. One user in Shanghai told the FT he had been summoned by authorities after visiting a U.S. news service. He says police asked him whether he had contacts abroad and if he regularly read overseas financial websites. And Chinese citizens often can't opt out of the security app. Parents say they have to download it before enrolling their children in school. And in the city of Shenzhen, some tenants have to install it before signing leases. Chinese officials did not respond to a request by the FT for comment. Brazil's first openly gay state governor could become the country's next president. 36-year-old Eduardo Leite is from the center-right Brazilian Social Democratic Party. He's challenging the two giants of Brazil's politics in next year's election. And Leite is described as the dream candidate of the liberal economic elite. To talk more about this, I'm joined now by our Latin America editor, Michael Stott. Hey, Michael. Hello, Mark. So, Michael, tell us a little bit more about Eduardo Leite. Why is he seen as so appealing to Brazil's liberal economic elite? Well, Mark, the the main reason is because they're desperate for an alternative to the two most likely main candidates for next year's election. That's former President Lula on the left and the current president, the far-right Bolsonaro. Neither of them is particularly appealing to a lot of the economic elite and to Brazilians in the center. And so they're casting around to see whether there's somebody that might be able to challenge those two. So, you know, aside from not being Lula or Bolsonaro, what does uh, Leite bring to the table in terms of economic policies? Well, this is an interesting one because you might imagine that Brazil, having suffered very badly in the pandemic with the world's second highest toll of, of dead, 585,000 so far, uh, would be looking for somebody with a lot of sort of leftist social policies. But Leite thinks that, in fact, what Brazil wants is economic reform and is somebody who can deliver on the agenda that Bolsonaro didn't deliver on, which was privatization, slimming the state, making the state more efficient uh, and attracting foreign investment. And that's the program he's laying out. It's one that clearly appeals to business, would appeal to foreign investors. Um, The question is whether that can appeal more broadly to enough Brazilians for him to get into a second round against Lula. Okay. But realistically, what are his chances, um, especially as as being a gay man in a predominantly Catholic country? Although the country has an openly homophobic president in Bolsonaro who has boasted of his antipathy towards gay people, in fact, most Brazilians are fairly tolerant. The main problem Leche has is the 
polarization of Brazilian politics. So like a lot of countries today, social media and the increasing sort of tensions of, of politics have pushed people to the extremes of the left and the right. And there's not much space for someone to come through in the center. Michael Stott is the FT's Latin America editor. In the U.S., some states are incentivizing fuel refiners to produce cleaner fuels. So companies like ExxonMobil and Marathon have come up with a renewable diesel product. And they're buying so much vegetable oil to make it that prices have skyrocketed. This is not good news for companies that make things like donuts. Here's the FT's Houston correspondent, Justin Jacobs. We heard uh, from the uh, Krispy Kreme CEO recently talking about how the spike in prices for them has been you know, really extraordinary and something that they haven't seen before. So Justin, is it just the big guys like Krispy Kreme, which you know obviously use a lot of oil that are hurting, or are there other companies, smaller companies, feeling the unintended consequences of these efforts to make lower carbon motor fuel? The head of the American Bakers Association told us that, you know, they support this push for renewable fuels broadly and they support the green agenda, but they've seen their input prices triple. And, you know, they have members like Krispy Kreme and smaller bakers who are worried that they just might not be able to find uh, oil when they go out into the markets. So they're very concerned about this. And, you know, they're calling for, you know, a pause to some of these projects and some of the biodiesel mandates just to let the market react to this kind of surge in demand that they're seeing. How is the spike in soybean oil prices affecting other countries and, and their plans for biofuels? Yeah, so you do see, you know, these kind of targets for for producing biofuels in other countries. And these high prices have already forced Brazil and Argentina to reduce their biodiesel mandates. So yes, that is something we've seen. And of course, people who are growing soybean in those countries, you know, they want to sell it, you know, while, while prices are high. So yes, this is definitely having, you know, ripple effects across the global economy. And you know, this isn't the first time we've seen this food versus fuel debates. We saw it, you know, around a decade ago when corn ethanol, that industry rose very quickly. So, you know, I think we're seeing some echoes of that today. So, Justin, since we've been through this kind of thing before, is there anything that we can take away from that era and, you know, maybe apply towards what's happening now? Yeah. So I think to me, the critical issue for the oil companies going into this space is that they're just going to have to find alternative feedstocks that, that work. <laughs> because I think it's pretty clear from what we're seeing today that simply buying up the world's soybeans is not going to be a you know viable, sustainable strategy for this. So I think they're going to have to find other sorts of feedstocks, other sorts of oils, recycled oils, reused oils, those sorts of things that to create these, these diesel products. Because uh, you know, you can't get into a situation where you're driving up global food prices to make diesel. It's not just not a sustainable strategy for them. Justin Jacobs is the FT's Houston correspondent. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. The social media app Parler returned to the Apple App Store this past spring. Parler is the right-wing app that the big app stores banned after Donald Trump's supporters attacked the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Parler now has a new CEO. He helped to negotiate its return to the App Store. Here he is on Fox News earlier this summer. We are the first line of defense um, when, it comes to, when it comes to free speech. 
That is George Farmer. He's 31 years old and an Oxford graduate. He worked at a hedge fund owned by his father, and he was involved in UK right-wing politics before making his way across the Atlantic to lead parlor. And he knows very well the influential pro-Trump activist Candace Owens. And introduce you guys to my fiancé, future husband, George Farmer. Welcome to The Candace Owens Show. Hi, babe. (laughs) Our tech correspondent, Hannah Murphy, recently interviewed George Farmer and talks about his connection with Owens. They met at an event in London and then got engaged after two and a half weeks. And I think he, through her, met some of these circles. Hannah says Farmer's plan is to grow Parler's user base, but he's facing more competition these days. So it's it's a space that's really growing, these sort of conservative, smaller, free speech apps. You've historically had Gab, Parler, and more recently, a few new entrants. So Getter, that's G-E-T-T-R, that was set up by a former Trump advisor. And then we've also had Rumble, which is a sort of YouTube clone that is also coming to the fore and that I believe has gotten some traction. You can read more about Hannah's interview with Parlor CEO George Farmer and the rest of the stories you heard today at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. 